0: Welcome to Elemental Talks, the podcast that connects marketing, design, and development experts to help you build better websites. Rob Anthony O'Rourke's success story continues to inspire digital nomads worldwide. Born and raised in Ireland, Rob had worked as a landscaper, an oil drilling engineer, and an English teacher, and has had many experiences until he arrived in Colombia, where he found his career path as a web designer. In our podcast, Rob talks about his fascinating journey and shares his best advice for the aspiring nomads.
1: So real to have a real digital nomad with us today. It's Rob Anthony O'Rourke, uh, and he runs the group Make Money with Web Design and also runs the Fox Web
2: School. Hi and welcome, Rob. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, Ben. Hey, Manton. Hi there.
1: So, uh, yeah, we have so much to talk about because I think you're the first digital nomad that uh, we've had. So I'd like to start off with your story, how you got into this new profession and uh, what was before that and what uh, led to it and uh, what you're doing today.
2: Yeah, for sure. So it's a little bit of a story, but I'll try to get through it pretty fast. So I grew up in Ireland. Um, My whole family are kind of old tradesmen. So my dad's like construction. My uncles, they're like electricians and plumbers and uh, you know, welders and different stuff. So um, when I was younger, I basically went to university and I studied construction engineering. And the plan was to get into, get into construction. But by the time I graduated in Ireland, uh, there'd been this massive um, recession, basically. So there was just no jobs in construction, earned a lot of under industries. And at the time, I was uh, big into surfing and windsurfing. So I basically just started teaching kids at the summer camp water sports so I was doing a lot of water sports stuff and it was heaps of fun but not too much money we got to like party all the time obviously not with the kids <laughs> with the instructors pretty good setup but just not making that much money so eventually I was like okay I'm probably going to have to move out of Ireland if I want a proper job so moved to Canada I heard that was pretty good with the oil industry at the time the oil industry was booming in a big way so I moved out to Alberta and basically started right at the bottom I'd only moved there at like fifteen hundred dollars in savings and started off as a landscaper worked in an irish bar uh, did all these random jobs but i was eventually able to get a job as a drilling engineer so pretty cool job it paid pretty well you basically go out to these oil projects in the middle of nowhere i spent like a whole month out there and the pay was was particularly good but um not a great lifestyle for having relationship with friends or with a you know a girl or whatever because you're just out of town all the time so It was going good, but I was getting a little bit burnt out. So about two years in to that job, there is also another recession in the oil industry in Canada. Basically, within the space of a few weeks, the whole thing just shut down. There was like no work, there was no projects, and I hadn't saved too much. I'd still been like having a pretty good time, (laughs) uh, snowboarding, doing all this different stuff. So I was kind of looking again, okay, what's my options here? So I moved to Columbia, because I heard it was a pretty cool place and it was pretty cheap. Moved down there. Met some people, got a girlfriend, and I basically wanted to stay on in Colombia. So I was looking at what I could do to make some money. And I'd never really made any money online before. So the first thing I did was try to teach English. And I'm Irish, so my English probably isn't, you know, (laughs) typical English. I know right now it doesn't sound like it, but back then I had a lot stronger of an accent. So I was trying to teach English and they had, you know, all these technical questions like past tense, pronoun, verb, conjugate stuff. And I just couldn't really answer it. I never really studied the language because you grow up knowing the language. So it didn't last too long teaching English. Basically came across web design. I can't really m- remember the exact original thing that got me started, but I just figured that this was a way that I could possibly make money. So I started taking some really basic courses on Udemy code Academy and I learned just the basics of HTML and CSS and, um, basically just started trying to get projects. So after I'd done this Udemy course, I kind of knew how to build one website. Um, so I approached my uncle back in Ireland. I gave him a call. I was like, look, can I build you a website? It's going to help your business. So he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, you build a website first. If it gets any sales, I'll pay you. So I was like, uh, okay. So <laughs> spent a couple of weeks, I think coding this thing from scratch built in the website, we put it online, and it didn't get like any sales, it didn't get any results, which looking back now, I can really obviously see why that was. But at the time, I just expected if you chew a website online, that it was it was going to work. So even though I put in all this time, didn't get any sales. And my uncle was basically like, okay, look, you know, thanks, but I'm not going to give you any money. So my first job was a, was a complete wash. So after that, I was like, all right, maybe I'll just go on these freelancing websites. So I worked on Upwork for probably like three, four months doing all these small little jobs. And I think everyone kind of knows how Upwork goes. You're like underbidding, basically begging for work. Yeah. I was able to get some work, but it was like $100, $150 jobs. And it would take me like a week or two weeks or sometimes even more, which luckily at the time in Colombia, I was like living in this place that was so basic. Basically, there wasn't even hot water or anything. So my cost of living was, was super low. So I was able to survive on that for a while. And eventually I just got really burnt out with the Upwork stuff. People were pushing way too hard for how much money they were paying. And I had this one job with this kid. He had this app, he must've been like 14, basically asking for unlimited changes on this project. And eventually I was like, all right, I'm just quitting Upwork like this. I can't do this. So I was looking around and I was thinking, okay, you know, I can build an okay website, but the people i have been approaching are not paying me that much money. So I need to find somebody who would pay more that's going to get more value from the website than I'm building it. And kind of the trend I'd seen at that stage was you can build a good website and you can spend a lot of time on the code, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that website's worth money for a business. A business doesn't just want code. They want something that's going to get them a result that's worth them paying for. So at the time I had been doing some stuff with my Canadian visa, looking at possibly coming back and my lawyer in Canada, she had a really bad website, but a really good business. And she was always talking about, you know, oh, we're getting so many people applying. And right now, Canada is so busy. And she was complaining about her website and her sales system and that people couldn't really book in with her and that it was so messy. And she was trying to figure it all out. So it just kind of clicked. I was like, all right, here's a woman who's making a lot of money. You know, what she sells is at a high price. A, a visa service is like 2000 $3,000. She needs booking systems. She needs a better sales system. This is the lawyer that uh, provided that helped you with the visas and everything. Yeah, she was my my own lawyer, so I already had a good relationship, which is definitely a good way to start off when you're trying to you know get work with some real businesses. So Roxanne is her is her name actually. So with Roxanne, we already had been talking back and forth. We had a bit of a you know um, rapport between us. So one of the calls, I just said, look, Roxanne, you know, I actually I know. On the visa stuff, I've been talking about the fact that I'm an oil engineer because you got to apply through a certain category. So I wasn't putting down that I was an amateur web designer. I was putting down that I was um, an oil engineer. But with Roxanne, I just told her, look, you know, I do a bit of web stuff. Would you be interested in me trying to fix the website and maybe I can help with these sort of things? And she was like, so on board, uh, highly enthusiastic. And she's like, okay, how much would something like this cost? And because she was charging me, I think like two and a half to three thousand for the visa, I said, Look, would you be okay with two thousand dollars to pay for this? And she's like, Yeah, definitely. That sounds like a bargain. And I just couldn't believe it for that, like one sale that happened in a few minutes,
1: 20 times.
2: Yeah, it was so much more than the combination of everything I'd met over the last few months. Did you have
0: any experience uh, previous to that with the? Um pitching or with uh, price offers?
2: Yeah. So I had a little, not I wouldn't really call it a sales experience, but I'd worked in some places where you talk to a lot of customers. So when you do like the water sports, you know, you're always talking to kids, the parents, the people walking by At university, I'd helped out in some sports clubs and as a kind of like person who organizes, but with sales, I didn't have too much sales experience. And I just kind of always had this thing that I thought sales was something that had to be like a a physical business. And when it came to web design, I don't know why in the beginning, I just thought like, oh, if you can code it really good and it looks really good, it will kind of just sell itself. And I didn't really think the first few months to think about what a website actually is. I was just so focused on the code stuff because that was all I was learning. It was was just the way I was seeing the problem. If I can code this better, it'll be worth more. But um, as time went on and definitely with this job, I started to see that business owners They're not paying for you to spend all the time coding. They need a result. So you want to code fast. And that's why I recommend, you know, things like Elementor, get the site done and then also spend time on understanding their problems, how to help them, how to communicate with their customers, those sort of things. So this was the job, I guess, that it clicked. But before that, I wasn't doing so well with the sales on either side, selling my own services or understanding how to sell for my clients. You're talking about coding and learning how to code. You did that actually after you
0: left your uh, home. You did that in Colombia. Yeah. So how long did it actually take you to get, uh, you know, through Udemy, you said that you took your courses. To learn How long did it take you to actually
2: get to the point that you felt that you can actually build a website? Sure. So in the beginning, when I started off, I thought I was going to be on this coding journey for a long time. So I basically thought, okay, learn HTML, learn CSS, learn JavaScript, learn, P- you know, as my original projection was to learn all these coding languages. And I thought as I went along that I would just start making more money because I know how to code better. But as I started to sell, I started to see that I didn't really need to learn how to code that much. And I could outsource some of the smaller things that I got stuck on. I started, when I just went out there in the marketplace, I started seeing that um the people that I was selling to were responding a lot better to what a website could do. And they didn't need it to do anything too technical on the code side. Me just knowing some HTML and CSS and using theme builders and uh, templates was enough. Um, What they were actually looking for, the people that I was approaching, was much more about what that website was going to do. So the content that's in the website and how that website fitted into their uh, their bigger business goals, that's what mattered to them. So I kind of just reached a point where I felt like, I kind of know enough. And even though, and it's still to this day, pretty basic coding skills that I have, I felt like I know enough to manage these projects. And if I get stuck with something, I'll just go on Upwork and, up and I'll, I'll find somebody to do that little part. So you understood that the main, I would say challenge
1: is really conveying the, 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 business, uh, the, the business, what business, the website, uh, how it serves the business. So I, I, what I'm asking is like the first referral that you got was actually someone you knew. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, intrigued how you got
2: the next clients that you possibly don't know? Yeah, yeah, really good question. So with this Join Canada project, I spent about three weeks on that, put it online, and instantly she was getting like really good results because we were still talking about the visas. So I was communicating back and forth, and she said, sales are way up. There was a new booking system that I put in that was really simple to install. That was working great for her. Just really loved the site and really loved the results that she was getting, and it was equaling real dollars for her. So at the time I asked her, you know, I know you paid me 2000, but if I had done this again, and you now know the results that I'd get you, what is kind of like the max price that you would have paid for? And she was like, Oh, I would pay up to five to 6,000 seeing what you've done and seeing how it's impacting my business. Wow. So that was a really big moment for me. I was like, man, I've been wasting so much time on these freelancing sites. But that's a great indicator. Yeah, it was, it was a really cool moment. It was good. So I took that kind of type of business and then I just started reaching out to similar types of businesses. So I didn't call a bunch of lawyers because I kind of felt like, okay, I've helped a lawyer. I should pick another niche. But because I had the oil experience a little bit, I reached out to like construction companies, engineering companies, oil companies. Just cold calling or? <laughs> yeah, cold calling, cold emailing. Looking back, it was, it was pretty amateur because I, I still was kind of getting it, but I hadn't fully got it. But I'd call up and just be like, hey, you know, I worked with these people in Canada and I used to, um, you know, work in the oil industry myself. And I just wanted to talk about, you know, what I helped them with. And I'm looking at your site and I kind of see that maybe um, we could do something similar. And it took definitely a bit of rejection and, you know, people brush you off. But a few people were interested and I was able to eventually land a job for an oil company. They're an electrical engineering oil company. and they. Basically, I don't want to call it luck, because I put in a ton of effort to you know, go through the numbers and find somebody that was suitable. And I did have a strategy, but eventually came across this company that was in a bad place. They had a really good service, and they had this team, and these guys had come together and invested a ton of money, but they weren't able to land projects, and they had this awful website. And they were struggling with going into these big sales meetings, trying to sell to major oil companies, and trying to explain what they do and what they've done. And they just weren't able to do it, you know, so well. So they weren't landing these contracts. So they were really interested in what I had done. And I built them a website, you know, showcasing all of their past work, what they do, you know, how qualified they are, why they're better than their competitors. And um, we put that online. And um, Within a few weeks, they'd gone into one of these meetings. And um, the guy had pitched and they hadn't sold the project. And then on the way out the door, he's like, oh, yeah, that the website. So he's like, Hey, you know, we also have a website and the guy he was pitching to brought it up on his computer and he was really, really impressed. And they ended up um, landing a project for over a million dollars directly from the website. Cause they pretty much lost the pitch and then mentioned the website and got it back.
1: That's such a testament to, you know, how a website can sell better than even a person to person salesman.
2: Yeah. Cause for a lot of these businesses, they know so much about what they do. But they find it hard to sell. And, you know, it's tricky. They're trying to run their own business and they're trying to focus on what it is that is their job. So, you know, people can be really good at what they do, but they mightn't be good at selling what they do. And these guys were really good at their business. Just when they went in, they were struggling to talk about these past things and, you know, so many different ways that they're qualified because it's kind of hard for people to do that directly themselves. Hey, you know, I'm really good at what I do. Hey, I've done all this stuff. But when there's a website there, that content can be in there and it can be in there in such a way that it's non-braggingly showing how qualified this person is.
1: Yeah. When you think of a a website, you're thinking about I'm going to use it to get more clients, obviously, but actually it also helps you tell your your own story so you can know your story better. For sure. And it sounds like you kind of managed to integrate into those first websites both web design and marketing.
2: Yeah. And... It was kind of, as time went on, it was kind of a lesson I picked up in oil, but I didn't think to apply it straight away. So when I worked in the oil industry, being one of the engineers, you work in like the main kind of shack, they call it. And there's always the decision maker there working close to you. And he would always look at stuff and basically wouldn't care how it was packaged so much as what it did. And when it came to websites, it finally clicked that people, they obviously want it to look good, of course but they don't want you as a web designer spending all your time and all the projects budget on coding because that's only one part of it. So the way I started to see it was, okay, build something that looks good, but build it fast. So I can spend that other time understanding how to communicate what it is that they do, how to show to their clients, why they're the right choice and why their clients should take action straight away. So yeah, I really just started, um, getting through the design stage as fast as possible. And it's why I'm always recommending like Elementor and stuff to my students, get that stuff done. You know, you got a certain amount of time and resources for a project, then spend the rest of that time and resources on figuring out how to best help this business. So that would be a
0: good transition because you mentioned students.
2: What students do you have exactly?
0: We know that you're yeah. running your own, own course. <laughs> and how
1: did it start? And uh, maybe walk us through to the course and also to your thriving community of uh, 11,000 people.
2: Yeah, so in the beginning, I posted this form called the fasting form. So it's run by this author, MJ DeMarco, who wrote the book, The Same Millionaire. And I was writing in the beginning this thread, basically saying what was going on, that I was starting web design and it wasn't going so well. And then it did start going well. And by the end of that first year, I was selling projects like 10 to 15,000. So I had documented that whole process and obviously enough in the beginning, people were helping me, but when I started getting really good results, a lot of people were reaching out. And at one stage, there was just kind of one main thread. I was getting over a thousand hits a day. So my inbox was just going insane. And I was, cause in the beginning people had helped me a lot. So I was trying to help everyone else back, but it got to a point where I was getting like 40, 50 DMs a day and I just couldn't handle that. So I basically thought, okay, I'm answering a lot of the same questions why don't I just make a Facebook group? So I met the Facebook group, and that started to take off pretty fast. And then, you know, it was a really good community. So I looked at ways to promote it. So I went on Reddit, wrote another thread there that went kind of semi-viral, I guess, just documenting the same thing again. And then it started to pick up really, really fast. So that was about two and a half years ago. It's about, I think, 11,500 people right now. And then out of that, people... You know, I was helping a lot of people for free, and then people were asking for, for more, like, can I jump on a Skype call, or you know, can we talk about this, can you help me, and eventually it just made sense to start coaching people, so I did it one-on-one for a while, and then again I was seeing, okay, people are asking a lot of the same questions, so maybe I can do group coaching, I did that, and then I figured, look, probably just makes sense to um, put these in some videos and make kind of a course. So that's where I've been at the last while, I kind of have gone back to thinking, okay, courses can take people so far, but there's a lot of, I think with websites, there's like the business side, but there's a lot of mindset side as well that people struggle with, having the confidence to call, staying motivated, you know, understanding sales kind of on a deeper level or kind of more proper business skills. Psychological. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure you guys know as well. Like I've been through those months where just like you don't want to get out of bed and like a project's going bad or you know, you can't sell something and when a web designer, I feel like by the very nature of the business, you're usually working by yourself or with a very small amount of people on a computer. And um, there's you need to have like a good mindset and good self-belief and being able to stay motivated, stay confident. So I've kind of gone back in the direction of working with groups like coaching one-on-one. So I'm happy to help people for free to a certain point, of course. But I feel like if people are willing to pay, the best thing could be. A small group where everyone's pushing each other together so it
0: sounds like you quite a marketer to 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 me it sounds like you know how to market yourself and you did that through all your career but you're also a web designer and developer and educator which kind of you know takes us to the world in 2019 that if you really want to work and succeed in this world you actually need to have all those skills, all these skills together, sort of a full stack full stack web creator. Do you agree? And do you think that you have one of them, one of those skills that I mentioned better than other skills? 100%,
2: yeah. Definitely agree with that. I mean, I think as time goes on, it's going to be easier. The The act of building a website is going to become easier. And you guys, obviously, and other businesses are getting really, really good at making a great looking website. So I think it's gone from looking back 10, 20 years, just the act of making a website was valuable in of itself. And there was not that much competition online for smaller niches. So if you could pay someone to just code something, there's a lot of value there. But I think going forwards, it's much more about people using tools to build a great website, but then also understanding what a website is, what it's there for, and why a business would pay for a website. So I know, and I remember this in the beginning, you're like, they should pay me because I'm spending a lot of hours coding this thing. But When a business looks back from their side that doesn't necessarily make sense to them they want more out of it and they're only going to invest in something that's going to bring in some sort of result that they highly valuable so usually more projects and your clients or whatever so i think along with learning web design if you want to be in this game and get good results you got to start learning those other skills as well really good mindset you know just personally for your own business and then things like sales copywriting persuasion communication skills, all those different things, and really understanding how a business works, how a website connects to your client's business.
1: I think there's also a connection between having all those skills, especially mindset, and being this sort of new profession that I mentioned at the start of the show, like the digital nomad. And this is the, what I'm talking about, and this spans throughout your career, it seems, even before you were a web designer including you know, the freedom to move from place to place and not being bogged down, you, you're able to build kind of a wide range of, of skills and utilize it. Whereas if you were an employee in a certain company doing a certain role, you wouldn't possess all those skills. So do you agree with this correlation?
2: Yeah, 100%. Yes. Yeah, so when I look back at the jobs that I had before being a web designer, I had some jobs that are really fun. But didn't pay well. And then I had jobs that did pay okay, like an oil, but I had no control, no freedom, and no say in anything. So when I got into web design and I started to make it work, I was like, here's a really good opportunity to control the work that I do. I mean, of course, you still have to work, but I control who I work with, the sort of projects that I work on. And I also can make a lot of money and I have the freedom to do different stuff. And that was kind of my own mo- main motivation that kept me motivated with web design. You know, I can basically travel wherever I want, and I have been. And I can live kind of the life that I want to live. And it's been really enjoyable. I mean, I still got to show up and work, of course, but it's it's really, really fun. And I think that would be my main motivation for running Free Group. I'm in there pretty much every day for the last two and a half years answering questions to help other people with those sort of things. Cause I, I do remember what it's like to work in a job that sucks or you know, your boss tells you to do something and you gotta do it and you're just looking sure you might be making some money but you're like okay I'm I'm losing a lot of time with my life and I'm not being creative or I'm not really doing these bigger goals that I'd like to be doing in life
1: yeah and you actually visited us and we we met and it really seemed that you're doing what you love and uh, that was my impression and uh, it was fun uh, going out and and it's fun to to be around these sort of uh, like people like you so i know there's a lot of our listeners who are also um, aspiring to become, you know, these free agents and traveling the world, living the dream, going to uh, hotels and working from the beach. What kind of uh, advice would you give them to to start this
2: journey? What kind of, uh, uh, you know, rules, rules of thumb would you give them? Yeah, just before I jump into that, man, Tel Aviv was so fun. I really got to get back there. So I'm sure a lot of know just to plug Israel on the on the podcast, I'm sure a lot of people haven't been out there, but uh you guys are hustling, you got really good mentality and I was like so impressed with how like active everyone is. So I was staying right on the beach and literally everybody was doing some form of exercise or like running around. Like in Ireland people go to the beach and they just basically fall asleep and you know they got some food or something. You guys are like doing everything and it was really cool, man. So That was a good experience.
1: But that was so great that you can do that and just wake up in in more, ah, I'll I'll visit Israel now. Meet up with Ben. So that was cool.
2: So advice for people starting off. Okay, so in the beginning, it is is a little tougher. I mean, you can't do that stuff straight away. People might tell you you can, but you got to put in some amount of work so that you are valuable to a business. And if you look at who's hiring you, what matters to them, that's where your focus should be. So my advice would be learn how to code to a certain stage so you do know how to control a project you know what good design is what isn't and you're able to build a website that you know does actually work it's responsive and the basic stuff that a website has to do definitely I've always been promoting things like Elementor like using something that it's good code and it works and what I've seen from a very early stage was businesses did not care that it wasn't custom. So I know a lot of people online like to, oh, you know, custom code of this, which is fine for some projects. But a lot of businesses I was working with would see the past websites that I've done and, and be, I want that exact design and style. And if I actually design it a different way, they're like, no, no, no. Like, we love the way you did that last one. So they were actually preferring knowing what they were getting on the design side and then focusing on the business side. So
1: plus maintenance is a
2: lot easier this way. Yeah. And I mean, as a producer of, you know, that product, you get to know the system really well and you can get through that fast and you you worked with it before. So you know it works, you know, it's good. You know that it worked for another business. So you're going off like a known foundation when you get to your next project. I think it's kind of crazy that people just throw that away and start from scratch every time. And really they're taking a bit of a gamble with their clients' money if they're just always doing it from zero. People might disagree with that, but that's what I have found. so advice on the other side is learn to think like a business owner because that's who you're selling to and really start to look at everything as sales and it really is you know a website has got to sell something maybe it's not literally selling on the website but it's selling a business or it's selling an idea it's selling a service or a product or a way of doing things so you got to understand what it is that your website does and basically make it a a sales machine. I mean, that thing has to go online and find as many people as it can and get those people to take action. And of course, that means you got to work with high value businesses and have some ethics about it, of course. But really, I think how I see myself as a web designer is I build a tool that gets the most results possible for my client and it promotes their product or their service in the best possible way. And it gets people to take action to go ahead and to use that product or that service.
0: Is it a challenge for you as a digital nomad to keep an organized schedule?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd say so for sure. So that's something I'm working on right now. I mean, I've done pretty well. And I think everyone knows this when they go through a certain progression in and anything, and they look back at stuff and they're like, oh, I could have been doing that so much better. But then they also know that they can start right now and just keep improving. So even when you improve, you always want to improve even more. So I've, I've come a long way, but I want my business to keep growing and everything that I do to keep growing. So that's something that I still work on. It's while I'm actually, I'm taking this 75 hard challenge by this guy, Andy Frisella. He's got a business podcast, but basically all about developing discipline. I would say in the beginning and even now, just keep it pretty simple. Have like a few key things that you work on every day, get those things done. And then if there's time to do the rest of the stuff, fine. But what I find with a lot of people starting off is they're a little bit maybe scared and they have a bit of fear and they don't want to take the big steps and they feel like, you know, maybe I'll just do all the little things and then I'll call that a day. So they, you know, organize their desk or they blast off some really low quality emails or, you know, they're not, they're kind of cheating themselves in a way because they're not taking the big action that they know they have to do. So, and I remember doing that as well. But if you want to make progress and keep yourself accountable, I think keep it really, really simple. Do three, four, five big things every day. And that's going to see you massive progress over a few months.
1: Oh, yeah, that's 100%. If, it's one, if there's one thing I, I recommend, that's, that's the thing. Like Focus on, on something that's more uh, strategic and just do it well. And you mentioned Anthony
2: Frizzella? Andy Frizzella, yeah. Andy Frizzella? Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of that guys. I think it's the number one like general business podcast. Um, it's called the MFCO. So he's got this challenge. I won't get into it because there's a bit of the detail to it, but basically
1: we'll link to it in the show.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. People can get an impression. Yes. And I mean, kind of the lesson there, somebody might listen to this and go, Whoa, the, that guy is doing really well. I could never get there. Like when I started, I was making every mistake. I was so all over the place. You know, living in Colombia, so I was like not the most focused it's a pretty fun place down there but the thing was i just kept at it and i kept taking big steps and i took the steps that whatever stage you're at you're going to know there's some stuff that is going to move your business forwards that is going to be a little bit scary and there's also all this other stuff that has to get done kind of but it's not really going anywhere so i would say just keep tackling the bigger stuff and you're going to see a lot of progress over time and wear sunscreen it's oh, yeah. also important. Where
1: Especially if you're Irish or uh, Israeli, <laughs> yes. it's uh, important. How can uh, people uh, reach you and, and follow you? And uh...
2: Yeah, so the big one, I guess, is a Facebook group. That's called Make Money with Web Design. Um, just type that into Google search. It'll come up. Also, I got the YouTube channel, Fox Web School. I'll pop up there. You can see what I look like in person. And that is kind of it for now. I don't really have anything to plug. that's like a paid thing. Right now, I'm switching over to this mentorship coaching if you're super interested in that and you kind of want to get in early before I properly launch, you could email me at rob at foxwebschool.com or if you want to, I don't know, message me about something else.
1: Cool, Rob. It's been so fun to talk to you and I can't wait till the next time either you come here or we'll come uh, to visit your, your place because uh, we owe you right now.
0: On some deserted beach. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <I did>. Some <laughs> tropical beach
1: somewhere, <laughs> wherever you be. Yeah, it's it's been, for me personally, I think, There's something intriguing about this new profession and more and more people seem to get on board it and many of them use Elementor and it's kind of a perfect match. So we're going to explore it more in the future. So thank you very much for sharing your story and insights and uh, until next time. I appreciate it. Thank you both.